something that's it's something that's important to support like so now we have this building and we're solely responsible for everything all the gas all the electric the rent so we're paying their mortgage and we're doing all this stuff plus we want to keep doing outreach and things like that my only ask is did you pray did you pray and you ask god how much should i give and god will guide your hands <coughs> whatever okay that's as far as i go with that i don't don't get into it. It's between you and Pops. That's it. So I just beg and urge you to be obedient to God, first and foremost. So now we have communion. And what a beautiful gift we get to share. We're talking about somebody who gave his life for us that we would have a life. 
precious is your life, even in the worst of times. I hear a lot of I hear a lot of phrases about people and what people would or wouldn't do for people who are on fire. And we really take away from the value of other people. And it says in the word to pray for our enemies. And so we should be able, as Christians, to surrender our lives to a God who loves us so much. That while we don't have to like everybody in the world, we can pray for them, and it's tough sometimes. Amen. Amen. I got a, I got a couple of uh, I got a couple of folks that uh, that really grind my gears, and make it very hard for me to pray for them. But out of obedience, sometimes it's not long, sometimes it's not much, but it's everything that I can muster of trusting God for the rest. Right? Like, God, this is all I got, Lord. I just lift them up to you. You do you. You do you for them, Lord, and I'm done. <laughs> right? Like, I'm out. But the beautiful thing is that Jesus taught us on that night when she was betrayed how much he loved. Remember, Judas came up to him in the garden after, after, after sharing the Last Supper. And Judas walks up to him after the Roman guards, and he says this. He said to the Roman guards, the one that I kissed, is the one that you seek. And he walks up to Jesus and he leans in and Jesus says, go ahead, friend, do what you came to do. You put too much stock in everything in this world and it tears us apart. But the Lord says to keep our eyes fixed on him. And communion is that place where as we take in his body, because it says, in the word of God, this is my body, broken and given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And he blessed it and he gave thanks. And after supper, he took the cup. He blessed it and gave thanks. He said, take and drink. This is the blood of the new covenant shed for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Be taught us a prayer, and then we'll sing the doxology. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever Amen. Sometime, by Paul prompting, I'm going to prompt you all. Find a copy of that if you've got to Google it. Read it very slowly. Read what the words say. Read what we're asking God to do. You know, and I always go back to the forgiveness one. How do we pray that prayer when we're holding unforgiveness in our hearts and we're asking God to forgive us as we forgive those who trespass against us? How many of you guys got that person in your heart that you just can't make? makes it a little hard, and so I 
always want us to focus in on Christ. Like no matter what, no matter what's happened, no matter what has happened, I promise you that forgiveness is cleansing blood for you. And it's hard. It doesn't mean that you're going to forget. But it means that you forgive because Jesus forgave us. How many of you guys paid for every sin that you ever committed before you gave your life to Christ? No hands? Nobody was perfect before they came to Jesus? Okay. I think it's stuff that we need to remember, like really just start cognitively putting it in our brains so that we start doing things a little differently, like remembering. You know, I had a guy I had a guy read me out the other day at the at the uh County dump. I mean like I ain't been swore at like that in forever. Like, old boy was getting after it. Right? Like you would have I don't know what you would have thought I'd done to him. But I just parked and threw my stuff off the truck and he didn't like where I was. So he just let me have it. And uh First, I, I wanted to jump out of my skin and run to his truck and pop him in the beat. I'll drag you right out of there. You think you can talk to me that way? How about I drop kick you right back to where you came from? Right? Right, but this is the way, these are the things that we think about. And it's like, praise God that those thoughts just stop. And we know that we got to give thanks to God. And we can understand that sometimes people have a hard day. The guy doesn't know me from Adam. He doesn't know what I'm about. And I don't know what happened to him in his day. But had I acted from the flesh as I once did, the story would be different. Right? So the word says, be slow to anger and sin not. So I got work on forgiving this guy. He chopped away at my pride in about 20 or 30 seconds of chewing. But if I am who I say I am, who God has called me to be, then I have to work on forgiving him. I have, I have to, even though I might not ever hear his story and why he was so mad that day, I have to forgive him. But you know, I suck at this game sometimes. Like, oh, yes, I do. Absolutely. I got struggles and troubles. And I don't always get it right. I don't. And I need Jesus. I still need Jesus to help me. I still need Holy Spirit to fill me. Because there's days when I, I get it wrong. Absolutely flipped upside down, turned on its ear. Wrong. But the beautiful thing is, is my sin is only against Jesus. And when I repent, when I turn from my sin and I ask God for forgiveness, be sure to give. But I don't sin to intentionally receive the grace. I don't sin because he gives me the grace. I sin because I'm still working on it, man. When you stop, when you stop recognizing where you're wrong, you might have a bigger problem than you think. Amen? So enjoy the convictions, even though they're hard, <laughs> but enjoy repentance and forgiveness even more. Right? So, I don't know why 
at you and judge your fruit to judge you whether you're worthy or not, that has already been done. But I look to see how are you doing, where are you at, how are you growing, what you walking into, what are you afraid of, what are, what's really going down, right? Like I do that because I love you. And I hope it's the same love that God gives and that I can do that with you. That we learn to be in this relationship where we learn to walk together. Just as, as much as I don't like it, our 17-year-old. That boy can tell me where I'm messing up and where I'm not. And you know what? Sometimes he's absolutely right. And it, I, it forces me to eat a whole lot of humble pie <laughs> without whipped cream. Now you know how salty I am about it, right? No whipped cream. If you've seen me eat pie, you know how I like my whipped cream. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> But it's a blessing as well as a curse sometimes. But I gotta take it and I gotta see. I gotta see what I'm doing. Like, what's the truth in the matter? And we all get to do that. And the beautiful part is, is that we learn to grow into our faith and we become what God is calling us to be. It's called sanctification. It's a process. It's step by step by step. But if you're stuck back here and you won't move, you ever feel like your feet are in the mud? Like, what's going on? I'm just stuck here. Sometimes you got to try something a little different to get something a little different. Right? You guys know I love cars. And you know that I love street outlaws. And so watching these guys right now, I'm watching the second season of America's List. And I'm on about episode 14 or so. They only got a couple of weeks. But the neat thing, just like you and I, just like you and I, they line up. They get there and, like, this America's list, man, they race and dirty and all that. So you got to learn all the rules and all the tricks to get to get a leg up. But the men and women that actually want to race better their cars, they put things into their cars. They do things. They tweak this. They tweak that. Everything from the suspension to the air pressure to, to the fuel mixtures to everything. And just to get the car to go a little faster, they're only going an eighth of a mile, but they're pulling about 170 miles an hour. Can you imagine that? But yet every week they try and get a little bit better because the guy behind them is coming. So we need to add a little something-something to our engines. We need to add a little something-something to our walk with God. And, and that's, that's growing our faith. That's letting the Word of God transform us by the reading of the Word, by the meditation of the Word. How many of you guys are working on a daily devotion to God each and every day? Like just, and I know you are. I'm proud of you, Gary. Very proud. You didn't have to. You were rubbing it. You wanted to, but it was held down by lead. I understand that. You're all good, brother. You sit in the front row, this is what you get. Right? You're my guy. Deal with that. So, we, we have to learn how to, how to develop that relationship so that it grows inside of us and it spurs us on to do something different. You see, something different will stop me from busting that guy in the head. He earned it, but I didn't give it to him. Just like Jesus didn't give me what I deserved, amen? Because 
I got what I deserved, I wouldn't be standing here. I thank God that he doesn't give me what I deserve, but he gives me his love and his blessing. So let your faith grow into something incredible, into something that will change your life and the life of others. I cherish the days when Sarah and I have a great conversation about certain things, like all of a sudden it's so astounding, they're like, wow, we just talked through a problem and we didn't even get upset. Hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. Amen. We've had it. Sarah and I have with one another and our relationship with God people around us will be blessed and one day when we when we get this stuff going in, in a really good direction we can be even healthier and happier and even a better blessing for others around us shortcomings and failures are not a lot of fun amen but we better recognize them That's not necessarily where we're going today. Hebrews 4.2. You got your B-Blaze? Keep turning right to left past Ephesians, Philippians, the Timothys. There's number two. Then there's Mr. Titus. Uh-oh. And then you missed Philemon. And you jump into the book of Hebrews. You can find it. You just haven't yet. I can't. It's not. See? But you just said you can't. I can't. a girl. So Hebrews 4.2. It's important that we learn how to uh, find these things in our Bibles. Really important. For good news came to us, just as to them, but the message they heard did not benefit them because they were not united by faith with those who listened. Remember we were talking about how people go to church and just because they go to church doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to get to heaven? Amen. Right? So the word of God comes from the pastor. Hopefully you didn't tune us completely out. But there's some stuff that y'all got to get to as well. There should be a hunger inside of you. And these are those things. These are that conviction that I'm talking about. You should have this hunger somewhere in you. You might be fighting it. And you might be saying no. But make sure that that conviction is still there. Make sure that you're feeling something deep in your heart. We need life-surrendering faith, or at best we can hope for, is one foot in and one foot out. Our faith is going to change our life, and we're no better than this. One foot in heaven, and one foot in hell, which is not an option. It's not an option. But some of us think we can. I think it was that, was a journey song that said, Hold on, we lose faith, but don't let it go. That journey? You're gonna lose control. 
go back to the field. Uh, it was about years ago. Dirty. Yeah. Gracious. All I wanted was a yes. <laughs> well, they were wrong. Don't hold on to this world. Let this world go. Let this world go and die to self. The things that this world has to offer you are an eternal life, yes, but an eternal life in hell versus an eternal life in heaven. You see, we get kind of confused. We don't let our walk, we don't let the convictions of our heart actually move our feet to the way places that we are supposed to go to. And we talked last week on Sunday morning, or was it here, with the three different types of Christians, or three different types of people. One are non-believers, the other is believers that are, yeah, they don't really act out on anything, and then full-on, sold-out kind of Christians. So you can actually, you can believe in Jesus Christ and go to heaven and not walk it out. It's rough, it's tough, it's not recommended, it's not the place, it's not the fruit that you want to gain from the Word of God, and you're missing out. You're missing out on the goodness and the beauty and the glory that God has for you by not surrendering fully to Him. You see, we have to get that when you surrender fully, it's transformational. It doesn't mean that we're not going to have struggles or failures. But what it means is we're going to be easily, more easily lifted up in our downtimes, in, in the struggles of our hearts. Amen? That's tough. But we need to get to that place. But the message they heard did not benefit them. What does that word benefit mean? Is there something about the word of God that will bring blessing? It says here that it does. They did not benefit because they, they were not united by faith with those who listened. So it says clearly right there, you're missing out on something. You're missing the boat. 1 Peter 2.5. So take over, flip from the right side of your B-blade to the left side. It's always interesting to find these things in the new Bible. I think they put them in a different place. First Peter two, First Peter two five. Everybody there? All right. First Peter two five says, "You yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God." Through Jesus Christ. So God is doing something in you to build you up to be more than you ever dreamed that you could. To be a spiritual house. A place where people can come to receive a healing from the Father. But if you're not willing to listen, you're going to miss it. You're not going to walk into what God is calling you to be. You see, we get so wrapped up in feeling whether we're worthy or whether we're good enough or not that we don't even listen to what God is actually telling us to do, so we skip it. 
Right? What happened to the days when fathers spoke into their son's life and said, Son, you are incredible. You are beautiful. Hey, son, thank you for sharing that dream you had with me the other day. And you know, I've been thinking about it, I've been praying about it, and I really see that God is calling you to do something amazing with that. Let's look at that. Let's walk in that. Let's do that. We're closed off, oftentimes because we don't feel worthy. We're listening to the world tell us that we're nothing when we're everything to God. We are so incredibly and beautifully and wonderfully made that God gave his son to die for us. And we forget in our everyday walks that somebody died for us. But what in your life are you allowing God to challenge you up to? And what are you not allowing him to challenge you up to? And what's the block? What's stopping you? What is your false belief that is keeping you from becoming everything that God has ever been? How many of you guys actually think and believe that you can be more than what you are right now? Right, like I'm going and growing each and every day, burning day. I ain't letting this Satan put a, a ceiling on me. I'm not letting him, but you know what? It gets kind of scary sometimes. Because if I take that step where I've never been, I'm walking in faith now. I don't know what's here. I don't know what's coming. I only know that God told me to walk over here and walk over here and take another step and take another step. And it's scary. And what happens when we're scared? What happens when we're scared? And yes, each and every one of us gets scared. Each and every one of us has that struggle where we don't feel worthy, where we don't feel like we're good enough, where we just don't think that we can do anything. The world has kicked you in the teeth time after time after time after time, and you're unwilling to get kicked in the teeth anymore. But you see, the enemy's right here, and he's kicking me in the teeth. But that way's the enemy, and that way's God. So I'm going to spin it around. I'm going to face God. He can kick me right here. I don't care. I'm giving it. Because I'm going to the Lord. Every kick that he gives me in my short puts me one step closer to Jesus. Right? Like, I don't have to repeat the things that are killing me inside. I don't have to repeat it because I'm better than I'm better than I was yesterday. I'm better than I was this morning because I spent hours in this thing today. And I was blessed beyond measure. Blessed to read Genesis 4. Blessed to read Psalm 4. Blessed to read Proverbs 4. Blessed to read Matthew 4. Blessed to read Hebrews 4. And it was blowing my mind how beautiful all these were. And God gave me revelation about how they're tying together in this amazing story. And yet, I struggle because sometimes I feel like that blonde that just can't get it. You see, I even had a talk with one of my mentors, one of my spiritual fathers today, because I'm struggling with things. And I began to tell him about this, and it began to light up for me what God is showing me. And my friend... He's a 
natural encourager, and I pray you all get to meet him soon. We're trying to work out a couple. Put that in your prayer cap. But you see, God knows who he made you to be. Each and every one of you. Can you all put your hand up and say, me too? Me too. Me too. I'm going to look at you. And I know that it's hard, but you better believe it, Kelly. You are something absolutely incredible. And God wants you to stop. Stop fighting and let go because you are so incredible. And I'm not putting you on the spot and I'm not embarrassing you, but I will tell the entire world that God loves you ridiculously. He didn't make a mistake when he made you. Okay? You're worthy to stop what's been holding you and to step beyond it. And every one of you that said, me too, me too. God is working in me too. Me too. God is working in me too. And it's okay to be a work in progress, to be a whip. What a beautiful thing. I'm like, absolutely I'm a whip. Absolutely. This is a blessing, faith, as it was not the case in the Old Testament. Things are different in the New Testament, in the New Covenant, than they were in the Old Covenant. Amen? There are all those laws and all those rules that man couldn't follow. Here we go. So this, Hebrews, back to Hebrews. Just a couple of books. Just a couple of books that turned too far back. All right, Hebrews three, verse two. One. Yeah, verse one. I put two on the thing. <laughs> Therefore, holy brothers. You who share in a heavenly calling, consider Jesus the apostle and high priest of our confession. What were we talking about? Who's the head of the church? Jesus. He's the apostle over this church. He's the apostle over all of us. He is the ruler and leader of this congregation, period. Period. And he will be that way until he calls us all home. How many of you share a heavenly calling? What did you get out of the out of the first Peter? You are all stones being built up to be a royal priesthood. So now who in here has a holy and anointed calling on their life. Me too. Me too. Right. Me too. Me too. Me too. Me too. Right? 
watched you. I've watched you when you didn't think anybody was looking. I've watched you. And I see you. I see you, and so does God. And he has to point my finger at you because I need you to know that it's you that I see. That it's you that I see, and it's you that Jesus sees. It's you that God is calling to be something. To be something incredible. I'm sorry. Whatever has happened in the world, for so many of us, it stops us from receiving that fullness, that gift of God. But you can raise your hand and you can say, me too. Because God ain't done with you. As long as you're taking breath and as long as you're walking, eating food, upright, able to take in nourishment, you're still growing and you're still going. God has still got his hand upon your life. He still loves you perfectly and wonderfully. And we're going to keep working together as a family to start knocking all this concrete that's been keeping us and stopping us from rising up to what God is calling us to. Amen? Ain't no stroke going to stop us. Right? Ain't no hamstring torn off my body going to stop me. Ain't no burned band going to stop you. Ain't no nothing going to stop you because you can't stop this Jesus that I believe in. And I pray that he's the same Jesus that you believe in. Because we got to start listening to what God is saying. we got to start understanding and reading this word because it's transformational in our lives. It calls us up to something more than we ever thought we could be. That's how beautiful God knows you to already be. You are, you are looking in a broke mirror. If you're looking in a mirror and you ain't seeing something so incredibly beautiful, something so incredibly amazing, you're looking at the wrong mirror. Have Jesus come and remodel your bathroom and have him put in a mirror where you can see you for who you are. Because you are incredible. So are you. Me too. Hebrews 3, 6. But Christ is faithful over God's house as a son, and we are his house. What is that saying? What is that saying? Who's over us? But Christ is faithful over God's house, God's house, Jesus Christ his son. Jesus is faithful over his house. We are his house. Jesus is faithful over us, over you and I. And we need to stop getting in the way and start letting God do what God wants to do in you and I. In us and through us and around us. God wants to change the face of this world. He didn't want us to be going through the hell that we're going through. But some of us volunteer for the negative assignments instead of rising up above for the heavenly assignments. Amen? Amen. Because I get it most of my life, and I'm struggling even today to receive something so beautiful and incredible as my wife and her children. Some days I don't feel worthy, but God reminds me, Fred, I made you, and I love you, and you are good enough. Now, you're struggling, Scooter, but that's all right. I still got you. I ain't done with you yet, son. And we are his house, and indeed we hold fast our confidence and our boasting in hope. 
Do you remember what happened in Hebrews 11.1? 1? Do we need to turn there? Some of you might want to turn to Hebrews 11.1. 1, because what's in Hebrews 11.1? 1, what's chapter 11 called? Chapter 11 is the faith chapter. All right? And so we turn into it to chapter 11. And what does it say in 11.1? 1? Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. For by it, the people of old received their commendations. By faith, we understand that the universe was created by the word of God. Who is the word of God? Jesus. And the universe was created by him, and he is over us. Where do you think we rate in this world, in this universe? Where do you think that you're supposed to be, amen? Because you ain't down, down there, you're up here. But somebody told you you weren't good enough. But our faith in God, even though I can't see it, even though I keep looking in the same old mirror, even though I'm struggling with life, I want to hold on to the word, I want to hear what God is saying through his word, so that maybe one day I can really walk this out. I'm starting in the process, and I'm starting to learn, and I'm starting to grow, and I'm starting to see what God's calling me to. And slowly, but slowly, but slowly, my steps get a little bit bigger. My stride gets a little bit longer. And then next thing you know, I'm running to the Father. Because He is a perfect gift giver. You know what's beautiful about it? When you read the story about the prodigal son, the father, the father did what no father would do in the day. He hiked up his garment and he ran to his son. The son didn't feel worthy. Sometimes we don't feel worthy. But God is running. God is running to us. And he says, my beloved, come to me. Hebrews 4.14. Now this is where we're starting to find out who Jesus is. Even more so than what we've just read. Since then we have a great high priest who has passed through heaven. He's not like the ones in this world. He's not like the tribal Levi. He is greater. He's not like Melchizedek. He's greater than Adam. He's greater than any of the angels. If you're wondering where Jesus came from, what's it say? He came from heaven to earth to be with us. To walk with us. To help us to learn, to grow, to show us who we are and what we are capable of when we walk with the Father. Because what you won't find anywhere is all the garbage that we put on top of ourselves or we let the world put on top of us. Amen? 
because the world just keeps wanting to pile trash on you until you ain't enough. But I want, I want to see, I will challenge anybody here and anybody watching and worshiping with us, I will challenge you to find out, to show me a spot in the Bible where you're not good enough. Show me. can't do it because it's not in there. So who do you think is trying to bind you up? And why are you listening to him? Why are you listening to Satan? Let's keep going because we've got a long way to go. Amen. we got a long way to go today. Jesus the Son, God, let us hold fast our confession for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weakness, what's he saying? Jesus is able to sympathize with our weakness. Right? Jesus already knows what you're dealing with. He already knows your struggles. He ain't freaking. But one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin, You see, the sin would have been for me to go drag that guy out of that truck. But the blessing is getting to pray for him, even if I'm mad, even if I don't know what to say. Because God can turn your into a hallelujah. Where's your heart? Putting it to work. It all takes faith. Can you? Can you? I guarantee you this, ladies and gentlemen, that I have done more since giving my life to Christ than I ever thought, dreamed, or prayed. And yes, I prayed even before I knew God. You see, God can make gold from your garbage. Matthew 4, 1 to 3. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after fasting for 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. What else do you think he was? Tired? How do you guys feel after four days of not eating? More than cranky. Right? Somebody get a little hangry? No. <laughs> or what's the word you say? Angry. No, what's the other one you say? Well, I feel how hypoglycemic. Fancy. You're going to go through some stuff. And Jesus was up in there for 40 days. For 40 days. And the tempter came and said to him, that you are the Son of God. So what's he trying to do right there? He's trying to get God to question his character that was given to him from the Father. What is the enemy trying to do to you and I? Trying to kid us, trying to rob what God has given his Son to call us. 
What did God call us in the beginning? Remember, he made us in his image, perfectly and wonderfully in his image. And then he blessed them. So we are his blessed creation. God looks at us as something special. Amen? Now what does the enemy try and do to us? Tries to take that away from us. Tries to tell us, so what's he doing here? If you really are, how many of you guys have screwed up and you hear that, well, you're not much of a Christian, are you? Right? I know I'm not the only one in this room. How can you really believe if you're a Christian? You act like that? You're going you're gonna to go tripping like that? You can call yourself a Christian? I'm going to call myself a Christian, absolutely, because I am a Christian. What makes me a Christian? That I confess with my mouth and believe in my heart that Jesus is the Lord. The rest of this process is sanctification. My prayer is that each and every day I bear a little bit better fruit. If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. Forty days, what's the first one he tries to do? What's he doing? What's he going after? You think that was just blind luck? No. Right? <laughs> oh, you're all so powerful. Make yourself some bread, fool. Right? And what are most of us going to do? Lord, make that rock some bread. What did Jesus do? But he answered, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. You see, because that's what gives true life. This food that we eat gives us sustenance, drives our body. But true life comes from the giver of life. The one who started this whole thing, the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. God Almighty, spoken through his Son, the Word of God gives us life, and it's on that life that we should be living. I'm not telling you to not eat. I'm telling you that bread is not all you better be eating. You better be gobbling up some Bible. Five and six. Then the devil took him to the holy city and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command His angels concerning you. And on their hands they will bear you up, lest you, lest you strike your foot against a stone. What's he trying to do? What's he trying to do? What's he trying to do? And what kind of temptation are you and I up against all the time? Well, if your God is so real, then do this. If your God is so great, then why do good people go through bad things? We've got people, friends of this house, that are wondering what in the world is going on in their world. Who do you think is trying to trip them up? You see, but I guarantee you this, if they stay the straight and narrow path, that God will definitely, without question, bring good from this catastrophe. He will bring good and glory to his holy name right. for this trial. People wonder, well, what's, what, I'm going to ask God why this happened when 
when I get to heaven. And I don't know that you're going to. I don't know that you're going to. Or if you're going to be so wrapped up in the glory of God that all you can Amen. do is sing, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Praise your holy name, Lord. Praise you, Father. Hey, Jesus, it's so good to finally see you. I've heard so much about you. I read your book all the time. Yeah, thank you. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if we're going to have the issues and the questions we think we might have when we get there. Jesus said to him again, it is written, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil took him to serve to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, all these I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. You see, but what are we doing, church? What are we doing when we're not walking with God? What are we doing? What are we doing when we're giving in to the things that the enemy is calling us to? Those shiny things that we work so hard to get. But what if God is calling us to something different? I spent a lot of years chasing the dream of pastor even to find out that I really love missions. Like I absolutely love going to a foreign country and serving God in an incredible way, greater than I feel like I can do here even. I don't get me wrong, I do love being a pastor most of the time. But I like that and I never would have went. But I had one pesky little friend, I'm on, I'm on my sabbatical after a really hard season, really hard season in my life. He said, Fred, he called me up on the Fred, yeah, my boy. I feel like God's telling me you're supposed to go to Africa with me. I said, you're stupid. <laughs> I said, if I want to go to Africa, I'm going on my time. I'm going to do what I want to do. I want to chase me some lions and tigers and bears or whatever they got there. I'm, I'm, I'm going to jump through the trees with the monkeys. I'll do what I want to do. I ain't going over there for all this other stuff. He said, well, just do me a favor, Fred. Just pray about it. I said, all right, I'll pray. God. God said, hey, Fred, I'm calling you up. <laughs> I said, all right. I called my buddy Mike and said, as much as I don't want to go, God called me to go, so I guess, I guess I'll get my tickets going. I had my passport less than half the time that it should have. I got my ticket for cheaper than it should have. I got favor every step of the way, all along the way, just stepping up to do what God called me to do, scared to death. I walked through some of the roughest streets in the world as a single white blonde boy. I don't know, maybe because of the batter I'm going to believe it. I'm going to believe it for protection from the Lord. Because that was prophesied over me. All I'm saying, guys, the enemy's going to tempt you. But I want you, to, I want you to hear what Jesus said. Then Jesus said to him, Be gone, Satan. 
And I want you guys to practice this because the same power and authority that drove the demon, drove Satan away, is the same power and authority that you have. When the enemy's bugging you, when he's taunting you, when he's tormenting you, when he's calling you out and telling you you ain't no good, be gone, Satan! Be gone! And we need to take authority over it. Because we have the authority to be over it. Jesus died for it. Did not even death could hold us down or have dominion over us. Amen? So what else is there? He's just going to play on those three little eyes that you've been hearing the whole time. And yeah, you'll cover it up with a different bow, put it in a different package, but it's all the same. Read those verses. Boil them down, whittle them down, get to the meat, figure out what's going on. You see the temptations in your life? He's either checking your character, your value, or your worth. Checking to make sure that you're hunger. What's God telling you? Know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Let's keep rolling. Deuteronomy. That's all the way back in the beginning of the book. Well, let's throw a little phrase. Deuteronomy 8. Deuteronomy 8. Verse 3. get you used to it, whether you like it or not. <laughs> Sorry. So Deuteronomy 8, and he humbled you and let you hunger and fed you with manna, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that he might make you know that man does not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. Where is that familiar? Where did we just hear that? In Matthew, absolutely. Isn't that funny? Who wrote this book? Moses. Moses, absolutely. He wrote the first five books called the Torah. So, isn't it funny, not funny, that Jesus would quote from the word that he wrote? Or does it add validity to the whole story? And he humbled you. You see, because he delivered, he delivered the Israelites out of Egypt, and then he fed them because they were complaining about everything. He just delivered them from bondage, from slavery, and they wanted to go back. How many of you and I want to go back because that pain is comfortable? It might suck, but it's familiar. And so what you're doing is you're suffering under a familiar spirit. And you need to say, be gone, Satan. Kick the familiar spirit to the curb, unless it's the spirit of the Lord. They were under that same spirit. They were under that spirit of oppression. 
They didn't believe God for what God was going to do. But God showed them. All right. We're going to buzz through Proverbs 4 a little bit. Proverbs is in the middle of the book. There it is. I like your people. So remember I was telling you that God walked me through Proverbs 4 today? This is so cool because this is an assignment. It talks about fathers, but you can apply this to mothers. You can apply this to spiritual fathers and mothers. You can apply this to however you want to. So a father's wise instruction. Hear, O sons, a father's instruction. And be attentive that you may gain insight. For I give you good precepts. Do not forsake my teaching. Well, what do we got going on in the world today? We got kids that don't listen, and I know I didn't listen that well. But I also didn't have a father who was trying to love me and teach me. You see, but I think that we can get our kids back. I believe it, and maybe I'm an idealist. But I believe that we can love our kids in and through whatever they're going through. Amen. And they might not get it today, but they hopefully will get it later. That's my prayer. If I can't reach them now, I'm going to at least try and put something beautiful in their hearts and in their heads. Amen? The older I get, the smarter my parents were. Anybody hear that? Oh, yeah. When I was a son with my father, tender, the only one in the sight of my mother, he taught me and said to me, let your heart hold fast to my words. Keep my commandments and live. Get wisdom. Get insight. Do not forget and do not turn away from the words of my mouth. Do not forsake her, for, and she will keep you. Love her, and she will guard you. The words of this book will love you. The words of this book will guard you. The words of this book will stop you from doing the very things that the enemy is telling you to do. Amen? Do you know what I'm saying, or am I talking to the wall? Can I hear an amen? Because we got to get it. We have got to get it that this is the living, breathing Word of God. Amen? This thing is sharp, and it's able to cut through the bone. But some of us need to be have our hands cut off because we're shackled to our old ways, to our old belief systems to our old convictions, and we're not willing to let it go. we got a key over here, but we, we need it cut off. And I'm not saying physically cut off, but spiritually cut off and released from the old belief systems because God has so much more for you. But you have to be willing to surrender. You have to be willing to give your life. You have to be willing to pour into this book as this book pours into you. Because greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. And we need to know this. This can't be a question. It has to be faith. And you see, all these pieces that we talked about today will help you to grow so that you can be bigger than your problems because of Christ Jesus in you. Amen? Some of us get ourselves into ruts because we're doing the very things that we know we ought not be doing. 
How many of you just blatantly go out there and do whatever? I know there's a lot of us. Oh, I'll just ask for forgiveness later. Well, maybe this little one isn't as bad. But I can do this one, and that's okay. But how about this? If you know it's wrong, then isn't it wrong? Why are you doing it? There's something greater than the sin you're walking into. There's something greater when you walk into faith and you take the next step and the next step. When you venture out from your comfortable seat. When you venture out from the things that you know. When you venture into the things and the mysteries and the marvels and the wonders and the amazing life that comes in this book, in faith in God, in salvation through Jesus Christ by grace. You guys, I love you. And I know that God does too. Let's just see what we can do about working on that. You know what I mean? Take a step. Take a step. Don't be afraid to take a step for the Lord. What's he calling you to? Step it up. Amen. Amen. All right, so Father, we love you and we thank you so much for this word. We thank you, Father God, that you're awesome. We thank you that you sent your son to die on a cross for us so that we, that we who believe can, uh, can take steps. Lord, would you bless, bless this congregation, bless all those who joined us in worship today. But Lord God, you would bless them, even through Facebook or whatever, whatever mode they're watching, whatever mode they're worshiping, bless them abundantly. Father, we thank you and we love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.